Welcome to the Prophetic Portal with Hector Santos, where the focus is on dreams, visions, prophecy, angels, and all things supernatural. The kingdom of Jesus Christ is the true portal to the spiritual realm. This podcast is brought to you by GeForce Ministries. And thank you for tuning in to the Prophetic Portal with GeForce Ministries. I'm Hector Santos, and I am a mentor for you in the prophetic. And today I am going to be answering the question, how do I get in the spirit? How do I get in the spirit? Well, let me just say, for Christians and believers, the term in the spirit is a well-known term. We get that from scripture because in the book of uh, Revelation, the apostle John was praying on the island of Patmos. And the Bible records very clearly that when he was praying and received the revelation that he wrote about the book of Revelation, while he was praying, the Bible says that he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Well, what does it mean to be in the spirit? Understand, in order for me to explain that, I have to explain to you that Uh, you can only be in one of or two states. According to the word of God, there are only two states that you can be in. You can either be in one, the flesh, or two, the spirit. So every person on planet earth can only be in one of two states and conditions. You're either going to be in the flesh or you're going to be in the spirit. Now, let me explain that, first of all, for all of those unbelievers, for all the people who Jesus Christ is not their personal Savior, and they do not have their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and they were not born again, unfortunately, the option of being in the Spirit is not open to them. That is only open to believers and Christians. So we can just understand and estimate that everybody on planet Earth that is living today in every nation under the sun— who doesn't that are not Christians they are all in the flesh they're in con- the condition of being in the flesh in other words they're living earth as mere men that's right they're living earth as their lowest uh, as the, at the lowest common denominator which is living as a mere man Um, Just living a sensual life, living out of the five senses, living out of your intellect. That doesn't mean um, that uh, they don't have things that separate them and and where we can celebrate them because God is a good God and he gave us all talents and abilities and, um, you know, he's given us all certain skills. And that's why even among unbelievers, you can look out there in the world and, and find some amazing artists and find some amazing mechanics or engineers and, and marvel at someone's intellect and how brilliant and smart they are in a certain area. That's all good because that's how good God is. He gave us gifts and talents and abilities to worship him with. And even to unbelievers, there's a scripture that says that God allows rain on the believers as well as the unbelievers, the righteous and the unrighteous. He's a good God. So in the realm of unbelievers, you're going to find talents and skills and abilities. And uh, there, I mean, even uh, Hollywood actors, you can see the ability to act. You know, we have a secular music industry. You hear people singing and you, you, you hear the talent and so many talented people out there. But unfortunately, even though there's talent and ability and skill, 
The fact that Jesus Christ is not their personal Savior and they've not been born again, they are living in the realm of the flesh. Okay, bottom line, that's the common denominator. But when you and I get saved and Jesus Christ now comes into our into our hearts and we are now born again, and now we become the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes to live in our spirits. Now, a new option is brought to us. Now, we are not only limited to living in the flesh, we now have the option of living in the Spirit. So, and now it's interesting, I say option because you could be a Christian and still live in the realm of the flesh. We are admonished all throughout scripture to come up from the realm of the flesh and to live in the spirit. We're admonished because as Christians, now we have a relationship with with Father God. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. He lives in us through the Holy Spirit. We're in contact with heaven 24-7, and there are perks that come with that. We can hear his voice. We could be led by him. We can make decisions that please God. We could be led by the Holy Spirit spirit to outwit the enemy because the enemy is is an opposer and he's always opposing us and opposing the plan and the call of God in our lives. But if we're living in the spirit, we could hear the voice of the spirit and be led by God away from some of the traps and temptations of the enemy. Those are all some amazing perks. So believers, we have an opportunity and an option to not just live in the flesh. We can come up higher and live in the spirit and really live above the realm of the enemy. We could live above the realm of just what's going on on the earth. That's why in the earth, when you're filled with the spirit and you're serving God and you're living in the spirit, and you turn on the TV and you hear the news and you see the spirit of the world, you start realizing you have a different spirit. You start realizing, I don't share the same viewpoint that they share on the news. I don't share the same viewpoint as my coworkers. They have this doom, gloom, anti-Christ spirit. But when we are serving Jesus Christ and when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, we are now filled with the spirit of Christ, we're, we're filled with the spirit of love, the spirit of God, the spirit of the one who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. We're filled with the Holy Spirit, which is a different spirit than that of the world. So the question now becomes that Christians ask, okay, now that I'm a believer, how do I get into the spirit? In other words, what can I do to come up out of living in the flesh as a mere human and begin to live in the spirit in a way that pleases the Lord? That's a great question. So let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we're going to read verse 14, and it says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Just because you became a Christian doesn't mean that automatically you're in the Spirit. It doesn't work that way. What it means is that now you have an option. Now there is another state and condition that you can live in that's above where you lived before. But you have to choose it and then do what's necessary to get there. So understand, you can stay living in the natural man as a Christian. 
Yes, you can. You can love Christ. You can go to church. You can do all those things and still live limited as a human being, a sensual Christian living out of your five senses, and that's all you know. But if you're going to do that, you have to understand the verse I just read to you says that the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. You are going to be missing God by a country mile. God is going to try to communicate to you. You're not going to get it. God's going to try to download things to you. You're not going to perceive it. God probably will start speaking into your life and to you, it goes over your head because it's foolishness to you. It won't make any sense to you because you're living in the flesh. We miss so much every time we choose to live in the flesh. Uh, let me jump over to verse um, 16 in the same First Corinthians 2. We're still there. Let's go to verse 16, and it says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And it finishes saying, But we, us believers, we have the mind of Christ. Why did Paul say that? Paul said that because Christians now have another opportunity. We don't just live, have to live in the natural man where we don't please God. We can now live in another condition where we have access to the mind of Christ. How beautiful is that? We can think Christ's thoughts. We can know what's on the heart of God. We can know what God is planning for us. We can know his will. We can know his way. And those things, you know, why have the mind of Christ if we don't have access to it? And what do we do with the mind? With the mind, we think, we process. Uh, and that's what he's saying is we have access to the thoughts of God that will instruct us on how to walk. But that is not in the flesh. That's only when we are in the Spirit. Now, let me read this verse to you. First uh, Thessalonians 5.23, it says, this verse says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you notice that the Apostle Paul mentioned three parts of our being? He said, your spirit, soul, and body. So I want you to know right now, even when you look at the mirror, that's not the complete you. That's just the surface of who you are. You're not just your body. Yeah, that's right. You're not, you're not just the person that's staring back at you in the mirror. You're much more complex than that. You're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Let's break that down quickly. With your spirit, that's the part of you that that God put in you so you could be alive. It's the part of you that keeps you alive. The moment you die is the moment your spirit leaves your body as a hollow shell. So your spirit is the real you, okay? Your soul is your personality. That's where you're, what makes you different from me. That's your five senses, your, your, your ability to see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. It's your, um, your will uh, is in your soul. Your emotions are in your soul. Again, that makes your soul makes you your personality. If you if the color blue is your favorite color uh, and the color green is my favorite color, that those are different differences in our souls that make us different and makes us choose different things. We have different giftings. We have different skills and talents and abilities. That's all in our soul. Okay. However, uh, we all know that we also live in a body. And with the body, thank God for the body, because without a body, you wouldn't be here. So we have a body, and you know your body very well. Your body tells you, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm cold, I'm hot, I'm sleepy. We know those signals. We've had a lifetime being trained in what our body's telling us. So we know the voice of our, of our body. 
We have a soul, and with your soul, you feel. You're in touch with yourself. You know how you feel. If someone offended you, that pain you feel, you don't feel it in your body. You feel that in your soul. That's your individuality, okay? But you also have a spirit, and the spirit is the part of you where the Holy Spirit lives. That's where God dwells on the inside of you. So let me explain it this way. Your spirit will always be in the spirit. You can't get the spirit to be anything else. Your spirit will be alive, filled with the Holy Spirit, ready to seek God, ready to go higher in God. But your soul might not always be ready. Your soul might be comfortable living in the flesh, and your soul might not want to seek God. So it is possible that within yourself, there is a civil war of sorts. You got your spirit pulling in one direction, telling you to seek God and and have a prayerful life, and your soul could be like, I don't want to. That's why sometimes when we give our lives to the Lord, we, we start and we're very on fire. We don't miss a church service. We're constantly seeking the Lord. And after a while, things start kind of cooling off, and eh, I don't have to go to church as much. I don't have to read the Bible as much. Uh, that's all uh, fluctuations, not in your spirit, but in your soul. Now, why am I going over that? Even though you're composed of three parts, spirit, soul, and body, remember, there's only two conditions you can be in. The end result of your spirit pulling in one way is for you to be in the spirit. The end result of your soul pulling in another way is you being in the flesh. So you have a choice. You're either going to live life on the earth as a Christian in the flesh, or you can come up and live in the spirit. So I'm answering the question, how do I get in the spirit. Well, let's look at first of all, what are the what are the outcomes of living in the flesh and what are the outcomes of living in the spirit before I tell you how to get there. So first of all, if you lived in the flesh, what does that look like? Galatians chapter 5 verse 19. The Bible's very clear. It's called the works of the flesh. Let me say this for those of us who are seeking God, your flesh will never give you any, there's nothing good in your flesh. So it'll never give you anything good. Your flesh has nothing good in it. Okay. So the Bible says, it calls it the works of the flesh. Galatians 5.19. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are, here is the outcome of what's going to come out of you living in your flesh. Adultery. That's someone having a, an inappropriate relationship with someone else who's married, okay? Fornication, that's someone having inappropriate sexual contact outside of the confines of marriage, outside of the definition of marriage. Uncleanness, lewdness, and think about the generation we live in with all the, there's a lot of lewdness on TV and the videos and so on and so forth, movies, it's crazy. Idolatry the worship of things. And it's not just worshiping idols. It is worshiping idols, but it's also look at what this generation is doing. You know, we're idolizing uh, Hollywood stars. We're idolizing um, musicians and singers and so on and so forth. So idolatry is a work of the flesh. Sorcery, witchcraft. That's right. Sorcery is part of it. If you're involved in all that stuff, that's all a result of works of the flesh. Why? Why is witchcraft a work of the flesh? Because people usually turn to witchcraft to manipulate things. It's their way of controlling. 
That's why the flesh, living in the flesh will always leave you in a place trying to be in control and manipulating others to be under your power. Hatred. Do I have to go far into that? Look at the world today, all the hatred going on. Contentions and arguments. Jealousies. Outbursts of wrath. Selfish ambitions. Think about all the TikTokers and all the influencers. It's all about me, 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 me. Dissensions. Heresies. Envy. Murders. Drunkenness. Revelries and the like of which I'm telling you beforehand, as I told you before, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So let me say it this way. People who choose to live out of the flesh will produce these flesh negative results that will be filled with selfishness that will not please God and it will keep them far away from experiencing the power of God in their lives. How sad. Verse 22. Now let's look at what it looks like to live in the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against those, there are no law. There is no law. So I'm telling you, when you live in the Spirit, you have a whole different outcome. Yes, you could be living in a chaotic world such as we live and live in the Spirit in a whole other condition, and it doesn't affect you as it did when you lived in the flesh. I notice as a Christian, I've had times in my, in my walk with Christ where I wasn't keeping it up and walking in the Spirit. And I'm telling you, one of the signs that I know that uh, I, I'm not quite in the Spirit is when everything just irks and annoys me and just uh, continues to grind. That's a sign because when you're in the Spirit, it's like you ha- you're able to, to have patience. You're able to show love. You're able to be kind and, and, and give goodness and gentleness. And a big one here is self-control. I mean, talk about in today's generation where everyone just lives however they want to. Self-control is a big part of living in the Spirit. So this is a result of living in the Spirit. So now let's go back to the question, how do I get in the Spirit? I'm glad you asked. That's a very good question. There are some spiritual, in order to get into the Spirit, there are spiritual practices you must employ. If you're in the Spirit to get to the flesh, it's so easy to get into the flesh. You just stop doing the spiritual things, and boom, you're back into the flesh. It's really easy. So it takes effort to get in the Spirit and to stay in the Spirit. So let me answer that. What are some of the things you can do? First of all, a lifestyle of prayer. You cannot be living in the Spirit without a lifestyle of prayer. And prayer is not a religious ritual. It is a simple conversation with your Heavenly Father. And prayer is not, let me give five minutes to God here and five minutes to God there. Prayer is a lifestyle. You could be praying and talking to God while you're driving. You could be talking to God while you're doing chores in your house. You could be talking to God while you're landscaping outside. It's an, it's a lifestyle of being in communication with your Heavenly Father. And prayer is also a conversation. You talk to God, and as you're talking, guess what? He's whispering back in your heart, and He's speaking things that are going to bless you and, and those in your life. A lifestyle of prayer gets you in the Spirit. For those of you that pray in the Spirit, 
That's praying in tongues. That's a whole nother podcast I'll make if you don't understand what that term means. But for those of you who do, you have to pray in tongues. You have to pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit builds up your most holy faith. It does something. It's giving your spirit time to pray. Now, I'm bilingual. I speak fluent in English. I'm fluent in Spanish. But so sometimes I pray in English. I'll, I can even pray in Spanish and talk to God. But there are other times when I want to pray and really shift my atmosphere and really touch, uh, 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 go higher in the realm of the spirit. So I don't speak, pray in English or Spanish. I pray in tongues and I give my spirit a chance to pray. That's important. Fellowshipping, going to church and being part of a church membership where a pastor can uh, speak into your spiritual development. That's important. Being discipled and let growing under a pastoral care. That's important. Fasting, which is going through a period of time of not eating. You're not starving yourself, but you're taking a day or you're taking a couple hours to not eat, to take use that time to really read the scriptures and seek God. You're not, we don't fast to change God. It's impossible to do that. We fast to come out of the flesh and to get more into the spirit. Those are spiritual activities that we can do to begin to shift more into the spirit. And the more you practice, the better you get at it. I remember when I first got saved, I would take every Sunday from 6 a.m. till about 6 p.m. And I would do my best to fast that amount of time. I would go to church fasted. I'd take in the service, I'd get home and I'd try to hold off from eating and I would spend time seeking the Lord because I wanted to get more in the spirit. And I'll tell you what, in time, that discipline really uh, brought some great results into my life. Another thing that you can do is pr continue practicing your relationship with Jesus. As you're living your life, love as Jesus loved. Ask yourself, would Jesus approve of this decision I'm making? Am I am I manifesting Jesus through my life. Just that alone helps you make decisions that keep you in a place where you're walking in the spirit versus in the flesh. Once you do a combination of all of this, I promise you. Oh, oh, and I forgot a big one. Forgive. <laughs> you could do all of the ones I mentioned before. And if you're holding a grudge against someone, it all goes right out the window. The big key to get in the spirit and stay in the spirit is to love and to forgive quickly. You can't be the kind of person holding out the grudges. You have to learn how to love. You have to learn to trust God. Even when someone's taking advantage of you or something, you have to learn how to give that to God. Trust that he's got your back and he's going to handle it and you continue loving people. So those are some spiritual disciplines that you can employ uh, to shift yourself out of the realm of a mere human living uh, as, as just someone in the flesh to getting up higher in the realm of the spirit. You know, recently I just had a dream. And in this dream, I was with a group of young adults and I was talking to them. And right in mid-sentence, I started running and I took to flight and I started flying up higher. And they were like, whoa, and they're watching me fly. And I'm I'm kind of modeling it for them. And, and I'm flying up pretty much pretty high. I could see them on the ground and I was showing them some aerial maneuvers in the air. And they were just like watching me and studying me. And before you know it in the dream, I turned around and I looked behind me and they were right, right behind me. They were flying with me. And I said, Oh, good for you. You learned how to do it. You're up here with me. So we started flying through the clouds. And in the dream, I'm showing them where the city is below. And I'm like, look at the city. And we're flying around the city. And, uh, and then when we finished and enjoyed all that flight, we, we landed together. And what's interesting is 
Flying in dreams many times represents walking in the spirit. It's a type of walking at a higher level in this realm, higher than if you were just walking on the ground. And see, for Christians, you just don't have to walk on the earth like everyone else, letting things happen to you, being the victim of things all around you. No, you can come out of the flesh and live in the spirit. And when you live in the spirit, you begin to hear the voice of God and get the leading of the Holy Spirit in such a way that you find benefit. You find that God leading you in advance around temptations, around problems, things that used to bother you before don't bother you anymore. You see God, the one fighting your battles. You start getting revelation for your future and God starts preparing you for things up ahead. I can tell you so many stories about how after I decided to live in the spirit, how God led my life uh, one season after another. It would just, I'd need much more time to go into all that, but that's one of the perks of living in the spirit. It's as if though someone were walking on the ground and now all of a sudden you took flight into the air and you're able to see things from a higher perspective. It is worth your while to live life in the spirit. First of all, you please God by doing so. You practice his word by doing so, and you get all the benefits. You get all the benefits for living from living in the spirit, all the things that I mentioned before. So I hope that answers your question, and I hope that encourages you. You don't have to be a mere human walking on the earth, a believer. Uh, take flight, come up higher, walk higher, and come up into the realm of the spirit. Walk in the spirit, and you'll see it is worth your while to live in a higher realm realm. So God wants you to get in the spirit and stay in the spirit. We'll come to you soon with another episode of the prophetic portal. God bless you. Uh